We are looking at some instructions for faithful living. Now, obviously, the Scripture gives us instruction throughout. Uh, We can find instructions for faithful living anywhere we look in the Bible. But but there's a concentrated section here in 2 Corinthians, the last three chapters, 11, 12, and 13, uh, where... Paul gives some very specific instructions for how we can stay strong, how we can move forward, how we can grow in our relationship with the Lord, and and how we can lead others to a saving knowledge of of Christ. So we've been looking through some of these instructions over the last uh, week, and we're going to continue that this morning here in 2 Corinthians chapter 12, uh, verse 9. One of the places where we find strength is, is in our relationships with, with each other. And, and I wanted to let you know that, that we're excited about uh, ways that you've connected, and ways that you've kept connecting with each other by telephone and email and so many other ways, writing a little card to each other and letting each other know that you're thinking about each other and praying for each, each other, especially for those folks who are not able to join with us. We want to continue that as best we can. And one of the tools that we use for that is our church directory. And it's the time of year that normally we would be passing that directory out. Normally we would have that out in a box for you and you just kind of go in there and grab one as you as you go out. As you know, we've been very careful about passing things out. Now, as time has gone by and more has been learned about this virus, there's discovered that it's less and less likely that those kinds of things the virus would would be contained on. But there is that that possibility. So we're still being very cautious about that, but we know how important that directory is, particularly for what I just mentioned, staying connected with each other uh, during a time like this. So next Sunday morning, we're going to have the directories available for you, all right? But we're going to do it in a slightly different way, and we need you to understand uh, what we're doing and and why we're doing it. We're going to have the directories. There'll be some in your Sunday school classes on a table, but they won't be in a stack or in a box. They'll just be laid out individually. There'll also be a couple of tables out here in the hallway that, again, we'll just have them laid out individually. Now, now what we need you to understand is you touch it, you own it, (laughs) okay? (laughs) Don't pick it up and rifle through it and say, oh, I want that one, I want this. No, you, you pick it up. It's yours. But we do want every family to have one. So next Sunday, you'll see those uh, in your Sunday school classrooms. And then also there'll be some tables that will will have those available for you. And again, we ask you just go up, pick one up and take it home. And if you touch it, keep it with you. It's yours. So uh, we'd appreciate your helping us out with that. We're so grateful for for Harriet Arnold and others in the office who've helped get that all all put together and ready to go, and, and that'll be available for you next Sunday, because we want to keep you connected, because that's one of the ways that we stay strong as believers, is those connections with, with the fellow believers, and those connections especially with, with our local church, and, and Paul knew how important that was, that's why he's writing the Corinthian church, they're going through some struggles, they're, they're having some problems, particularly in the area of connections, that was one of the places where they were really struggling a little bit, and so Paul writes in Second uh, Corinthians, giving them some instructions of Ways they can stay strong in their faith. Uh, there's a few uh, wonderful statements about strength. Uh, uh, we've, we've all heard that, that quotation, there's strength in numbers. Now, that's not a biblical quotation, but, but as I mentioned a moment ago, it is important that, that we stay together as a church, that we stay in connection with each other, even when we can't physically be with one another, that we, we stay connected to each other. And, and that's one of the reasons we make that directory. That's the whole point of that. But, and there's some other quotes that have gone through the, the, the years. Eleanor Roosevelt, a former first lady, said, With the new day comes new strength and new thoughts. That's a good statement. 
Mother Teresa said, be faithful in small things because it is in them your strength lies. Another good statement. Abraham Lincoln, I like this one. He said, be sure your feet are in the right place, then stand firm. I like that one. That's a good one. You know, all good thoughts and, and, and quotes, they, they come from statements that kind of resonate with us. We, 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 we know those things are, are right, and so when we hear somebody kind of say it in, in a way we can remember it, it sticks with us. And that's why those quotes stick with us through the years. That's not the case for what Paul says. What Paul expresses here in 2 Corinthians chapter 12, and again we're going to start in verse 9, he says something that doesn't sound right. In fact, even when he says it, it doesn't sound right. And yet, we're going to see that what he says is not only right, it's absolutely essential for us to understand that we find our strength in weakness. Let's find out what Paul says here. In 2 Corinthians chapter 12, verse 9, he says, But he said to me, My grace is sufficient for you, for my power is made perfect in weakness. Therefore, I will boast all the more gladly of my weakness, so that the power of Christ may rest upon me. For the sake of Christ, then, I am content with weaknesses, insults, hardships, persecutions, and calamities. For when I am weak... Then I am strong. That doesn't make sense. How can that possibly be that that when we're weak, that's when we're strong? Well, uh, Paul says that it is in Christ that we find strength in our weakness. Let's take a closer look at what Paul says here. First of all, he he says a very important truth, one that every one of us as believers, we have to understand this. We have to know this. We have to recognize. We have to live this truth. Here it is. The truth is the grace of Christ is all we need. Now, we say that as believers, but sometimes we don't actually believe it. Sometimes we don't actually think it. Sometimes we kind of want to add to it a little bit. Well, the grace of Christ is all I need, and a little bit of money would be nice. (laughs) Or the grace of Christ is all I need, and a really nice job would be great. Or the grace of Christ is all I need, and a wonderful spouse would be not. You know, we we, we kind of add a little bit there. We we say, the grace of Christ is all I need, but it would be really nice to have this too. But Paul says the grace of Christ is all that we need. Now, let's figure out where this is coming from. This passage comes at the conclusion of Paul refuting some of his critics in Corinth. And that's one of the things that he's writing the letter that we call 2 Corinthians to do. There were some in the Corinthian church who were... uh, calling Paul a liar and they were saying that he didn't have any right to be teaching and that nobody really needed to listen to him. And so he, he writes Second Corinthians to, to, uh, to say, wait a minute, this is something that Jesus has called me to do. This isn't something I'm just doing for my own benefit. It's not something I'm doing because I want to do it. I'm doing this because Christ has called me to do it. And so the entire letter of 2 Corinthians answers that. But there's this, this section uh, just prior to this passage where Paul has been specifically answering some of those uh, criticisms that he'd been given 
by his uh, opponents there in the Corinthian church. And, and you remember, we, we've looked at this for the last couple of weeks. He, he boasts about some things that, that would be uh, very admirable in, in the New Testament day. He, he says, uh, I'm a Hebrew, I'm an Israelite, I'm a child of Abraham. And uh, he goes on to talk about how he was a Pharisee and then just all the things that, that in the New Testament world would have been seen as things to be proud of. And then he starts to boast about things that you wouldn't have been so proud of in the New Testament day. He talks about being imprisoned, being beaten, being whipped, being shipwrecked, being run out of nearly every town he'd ever visited. All of that in the name of Christ. He says, I've done all those things. And then he describes this incredible vision that he had of heaven. So wonderful that he doesn't even have human terminology to describe what he saw there as, as, as the gates of heaven were open for him. And he was able to peek inside. It was so amazing. He couldn't even put it into words. And then as we saw last week, God gave him a, what Paul calls a thorn in the flesh so that he would not become too prideful about what he had experienced in this, this vision of, of heaven. And through all of that, what must have been a, a very difficult experience for Paul, is, you know, we saw last week, he asked God three times to take this thorn away, and, and, and God didn't take it away. But through all of, of that experience, he came to understand that his strength didn't come from his resume. Didn't come from a list of accomplishments, whether they were accomplishments that that would have been viewed as wonderful things in the New Testament world or or maybe some things that wouldn't have been viewed as as accomplishments in the world. His strength did not come from the victories that he had in life or even from the defeats that he had in life. His strength was found completely in the grace of Christ. Again, this is how he says it here in verse 9. He says, but he said to me, my grace is sufficient for you, for my power is made perfect in weakness. Therefore, I will boast all the more gladly of my weaknesses, so that the power of Christ may rest upon me. Some people might say that Paul's prayer for this thorn in the flesh was not answered, but that's not the case. In fact, verse 9 gives the answer that Paul received for his prayer. My grace is sufficient for you. Paul didn't need to be rid of this thorn in the flesh. He already had everything that he needed in the grace of Christ. Even in his weakness, Christ would be glorified. In fact, the power of Christ would be revealed through his weakness. Now, as we saw last week, we don't know for sure what this thorn in the flesh was. But whatever it was, it was so terrible that Paul begs God to get rid of it. So it must have been bad. Whatever it was, was tremendously distressing to Paul. That he would go to God in prayer, not once, not twice, but three times. But as bad as it was. Paul came to understand it did not negate the power of Christ in his life. In fact, quite the contrary. The grace of Christ and the power of Christ was even more evident through Paul's weakness. 
Paul came to understand, hey, I've already got everything I need. Because I have the grace of Christ. And if you know Jesus Christ as your Savior this morning, you've got everything you need too. I have become an expert in packing. Now, as you know, I have, have a grandchild living up in Independence. In fact, I went up and saw her yesterday. We, we got to play with Legos. She had a Lego set. So we're, we were building towers and castles and all kind, dog houses and all kinds of stuff yesterday. But, but March and I, were, <laughs> we were traveling. We we're trying to count the number of times that we've been to the Kansas City area since our daughters went, started going to college in, in that area. And now uh, Kendra, our youngest daughter, she's married and living there. Now our granddaughter lives there. We we're, we're trying to count up how many times we, we've driven that, that road and lost, lost track. <laughs> Let me just say our car knows the way now. <laughs> So when it's time for a trip, I've got it down to a science, how to pack. I I have this box that I have made at home. There were several times early on that we would take trips up there, and I'd get up there and I'd forgotten something. And I'd have to run down to Walmart and buy some toothpaste, buy a toothbrush, or whatever it was that I'd I'd forgotten. So now I have this box at home that it has everything that I need to pack. It's just all right there in that box. I bought little extra ones that, that I don't use. I just have them for that purpose. And so when it's time for a trip, I get out my box... And once the box is empty, I've got everything I need packed. It's all in there. Because I had it all in the box. It's not in the box anymore. I got it in the suitcase. I'm ready to go. As believers, we might be tempted to think that we need a box like that. That we think, you know, I could serve Jesus if I had just remembered this. If I, if I just had this, then, then I could do what, what Jesus wants me to do. And you just fill in the blank with whatever you think needs to go in your box. I could serve Jesus if I just had enough time. I could serve Jesus if I just had enough money. I could serve Jesus if I was just smart enough. I just can't remember enough verses. I just can't remember the Bible well enough. I could just remember it. Then I could serve the Lord. If this pandemic would just get over, then I could serve the Lord. Whatever you want to put in your box. Whatever you think you need in that box. Whatever you think. For, for Paul, what he thought he needed in his box. If I could just have the answer to this thorn in the flesh. If I could just get rid of that. Then I could serve the Lord. But then he realized, wait a minute. As much as I want to be rid of this thorn in the flesh, as much as I I want this to be gone, I don't actually need that to serve the Lord. Paul came to understand, I can serve Jesus because I already have everything I need. My suitcase is already full. Because I have the grace of my Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. If you know Jesus as your Savior this morning, your bag is full. (laughs) You're ready to go. You have everything that you need. You don't need to wait anymore to serve the Lord. As Paul would write to the Philippians, he says the same thing in a slightly different way. In Philippians 4.13, he says, I can do all things 
through Christ who strengthens me. You have everything that you need in the grace of Jesus Christ. But it doesn't stop there. That would be enough. It would be enough for Paul to say, okay, I've got the grace of Christ. I can just power through this. This thorn in the flesh, and we don't know what it was, whether it was a health issue, a mental issue, a, uh, an enemy issue, what it was, you know, whatever it was. You know, Paul could have said, well, I've got the grace of Christ, so I can just you know, plow my way through this. But he doesn't stop there. You not only can do anything that Christ wants you to do because you have everything that you need in Christ, you can be content. Now, that didn't sound very exciting, did it? <laughs> that you can be content. <laughs> that almost sounds like a, a little bit underwhelming. Be content. Well, you know, I was hoping for a little bit more in life than just to be content. <laughs> but okay. But wait a minute. You need to understand what that word means when, when Paul uses it. it. It doesn't mean exactly the same thing that we mean with the English word content. So we need to, to dig into that just a little bit this morning. Uh, Paul not only accepted his weakness, he found contentment. Here's, here's how he said it in verse 10. He said, for the sake of Christ, then I am content with weaknesses, insults, hardships, persecutions, and calamities. For when I am weak, then I am strong. It is not here that Paul is saying, okay, I've got some problems, but Jesus will get me through them. Now, there's no doubt that Jesus would get him through them. That Jesus would take him through whatever difficulties he was facing. I mean, that, that absolutely is true. But Paul doesn't stop there. He's not just saying, hey, I'll, I'll just get through this. He says, I'll be content. But that word that he uses for content... It goes farther than our English word for content. You know, when we say that we're content, we usually say, well, you know, I've got enough. It's okay. I might, I might like a little more, but it's okay. I'm content. We may not be excited. We may not be enthusiastic, but, but it's okay. It's content. That's, that's the way we use that word. That's not what the word means that, that Paul uses. The word that Paul uses means to delight, to take pleasure in, to be excited about. It, it was used to describe a, a sense of joy, a sense of, of happiness. It was also used to describe a specific choice. And that's how Paul saw this. Paul says, given the choice between getting rid of this thorn in the flesh and having the grace of Christ, <laughs> I pick the grace of Christ. And to drive home his point, Paul concludes all the things he's content with. And they're all the things that he has despised, or that most people would in their life. His, his weakness, his, the insults that he was given, the hardships he'd faced, the persecutions that he faced, all the, the problems that had been going on in his life. Now, Paul wasn't crazy. He didn't find happiness in suffering. It was that he came to understand, hey, it's when I'm weak, that's when I'm Strong. Paul realized, hey, if I depend on all the stuff that 
most people would say that I need to be depending on, that, that I'm a Hebrew, that, that I'm an Israelite, that I was a Pharisee, all these accomplishments. that I, if, if I depend upon that, I'm going to fail. And so he didn't put his trust in those things. Paul put his trust in Christ. If you ever have the opportunity, I, I, I encourage you to take a trip to Carlsbad Caverns. Not a great time to go to a cave right now, but we won't be in the pandemic forever. So, so one day, when all this is over with and you have an opportunity to take a road trip, great trip to take is to Carlsbad Caverns. It is amazing. There are things that you will see inside of that enormous cave that, that literally you will not see anywhere else on the planet Earth. It's just amazing. And they've made it really easy for you to take the tour. Uh, the uh, nice folks that have prepared for all of this, I guess it's the National Park Service now, uh, they, they've made just these wonderful walkways that they have, have made and, and staircases that you can go down. And, and, and it's, just a, it's a very nice little stroll through the cave. It's just, just really nice. And I remember when, when we went through Carlsbad Caverns, there, there was a spot where there, there was a, a large uh, cement kind of foundation that they had built there, big enough for, for any tour group to stand on so that everybody could be standing on it once. And, and so we all stood there, and it was right beside this really deep uh, chasm that was right there uh, in the, the, the cave. There was a place where, as you journey down through the cave, you come to a big open room, and it's, I don't know, 30, 40 feet deep. It's, it's, it's really big. But they have this big place where you can, can stand. So we were all standing there, and the, the, the guide, or I guess it was a park ranger, uh, he, he was telling us about how the original explorers of the cave, the spelunkers that had discovered Carlsbad Cavern, and they were trying to map it out, the, the ways that they had had to do that, because they didn't have the nice little stairs and pathways and, and trails like uh, we tourists did. You know, they had to make their own, own way. And in this particular location, they had preserved some of the original tools that those original explorers had used. And they, they had a, a little uh, uh, display case where they had some of the actual picks and, and helmets and, and other things that the original explorers had used. And then along the wall, he, he pointed out that they had driven spikes in the wall. Because, again, they didn't have the staircase and the little pathway. They had to make their way. So, so they had to, to rappel down this wall. And the only way they could do that is every few Feet, they'd have to drive in a, a spike into the wall so they could tie their rope and, and, and get down the wall safely. And then to get from one side of this chasm to the other, uh, you know, they didn't have the nice little concrete bridge that was built for the tourists. Uh, they had made this rope bridge, which was, was basically three ropes. It was two ropes for your hand and one rope for your feet. And apparently they had gone across this rope bridge to get across the cabin. And they actually still had it there. And, and this was uh, from, I don't know how many years ago Carlsbad Cavern was discovered. But they had, they had left these ropes there just to show everybody how uh, these spelunkers had, had gotten across this, this uh, uh, 30, 40 foot chasm. And as I was sitting there looking out there at these three ropes <laughs> going across this giant chasm, uh, you know, I, I, I standing there and said, you know, <laughs> I think I'm going to stand here on the concrete. <laughs> I don't think I'm going to get out there on the ropes. Because they were looking pretty shabby by then. I mean, I don't know how, many old, how old they are, but they were, had been there for years and years and years. And then, you know, they were kind of getting dusty and frayed. And, 
It didn't look real sturdy at all, but I was feeling pretty good there on the concrete. Paul looked at all of his accomplishments, all the things that he'd been able to do in life, all the the wonderful, uh, tremendous things that he had done in life, both the things he had done before he knew Christ, his his accomplishments as a Pharisee, his his being a child of Abraham, his being a part of the nation of Israel, and, and the things that had occurred afterwards, all the things he'd accomplished as a missionary, all the churches that he'd been able to start, all the, the uh, events that occurred in his life, and even some of the challenges that he had had. And when he added all of those things up, they were just that broken down rope bridge. They were nothing. And Paul said, I take a look at those, and then I take a look at the solid rock foundation where I stand in Jesus Christ. And there was no question in Paul's mind where he wanted to stay. He would stand on the grace of Christ. And not only just be okay with that. He was content. He was overjoyed. He was excited to be in the grace of Christ. Because it was in Christ that he found his strength. It's the same place where you'll find it too. If we start to look at our resume, at all the things that we've accomplished, and think, well, I'll build my life on that, we're going to come up short. Or if we think, you know, if I just had this, if God would just put this in my box... Then I'd be ready. Then I could serve Him. Then I could do the things that God has laid on my heart to do. If that's where our confidence comes. We'll never make it. It won't work. It is only when we realize that our strength is found in our weakness. Our strength is found when we realize we can't do it. Our strength is found when we recognize we have everything we need in the grace of Jesus Christ. So I invite you this morning. If you know the Lord today, I invite you to open up your spiritual suitcase because it's full, it's packed. It's ready to go. And and whatever it is that God is laying on your heart to do, that friend that needs to know the Lord, that ministry that you've been wondering about, should I be involved in, that, that wonderful thing, whatever it is that God is placing on your heart to do, you're ready to go. Your bags are packed. You have everything you need because you have the grace of Jesus Christ in you. And if today you don't know the Lord, You can leave this place this morning with your bags packed, with everything that you need. Because today can be the day that you receive Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior. And in Christ, you have 
everything that you need. Heavenly Father, thank you this morning as we read these words of the Apostle Paul, who recognized that all his strength was in in you. We need to realize the same thing. For those of us who are believers, Heavenly Father, help us to understand you've already given us everything we need. There's not something else that we need to be waiting for. We have everything we need in you. And Heavenly Father, if there's someone here this morning or watching online that does not know you as their personal Lord and Savior, help them to know that today they can receive the one thing that they really need. They can know forgiveness and everlasting life in a personal relationship with you through the saving grace of Jesus Christ. Help us, Heavenly Father, we pray in Jesus' name. Amen. In just a moment, we're going to have a time of invitation, an opportunity for you to respond to what God's doing in your life. Maybe you're here this morning and there's never been that time that you have personally trusted Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior. Um, Amazingly, the Bible makes this absolutely simple for you to do. So easy, even a child can do it. Because we simply admit our need, saying, Lord, I know I've sinned, I know I've done things wrong, I know I've messed up, and I can't fix that. So I need what you did for me on the cross. (laughs) I need your forgiveness, your grace. And because you rose again, I know you can do this for me, Lord, so, so I accept you as my Lord and Savior. With that simple truth in our life, We can be transformed. And we want to help you do that. Now, normally we would invite you to come up here to the front and we'd sit down and open the Bible and show you those passages of Scripture that describe what I just said. We can't do that right now because of the virus, but we can do that with you. We've made a way. If you're here with us, there's a a connection card. They're right there in the pew racks before you. If you'll just take one of those, give us some contact information, and, and put on there, I want to know more about following Christ as my Savior. There's a little box you can check. You can just write it on the card. And then drop that in one of the baskets as you leave today. We'll be in touch with you to to go over with you these wonderful truths in the Scripture. If you're watching us online, you can do the same thing. We have a digital version of that very same card. It's found at nationalheights.org backslash hello. Uh, You can find that link on our Facebook page. It's on our web page. You'll see it right there. You can just click on it or you can just type in that address, nationalheights.org backslash hello. It'll take you to that connection card. Give us some connection information, your email address, phone number, whatever you feel comfortable doing. And then just indicate on there, I want to follow Jesus. There's a checkbox for you to do that or a little text box where you can type it in. And we'll be in touch with you with that information as well. Maybe there's some other way that God is leading in your heart. Perhaps you're looking for a church home where you can make those connections with with other believers. And we would love for you to do that here at National Heights. Just indicate on that connection card or on that digital version that that's what you want to do. That you'd like to be a part of our church and and we'll be in touch with you on how you can do that. Maybe there's some other way that God is working in your life. Maybe you have a prayer need. Something that's been really going on in your life and you just need the Lord's help with. And you'd like some other Christians to be praying with you. Uh, There's a place on the reverse side of the physical card or at the very bottom of the digital card where you can indicate your prayer request and we would be honored to be praying with you in the week to come. Whatever it might be in whatever way God is leading you this morning, you listen, responding to His call as we sing together.